Buenos tardes. We are back with week three of this series, uh, For If Then. And in this series, we are looking at different major moments in the Bible uh, and kind of looking at the what if moment and, and how they could have gone very differently if people had chosen differently. Because each of us has free will and each of us makes choices every day. And some of them obviously are bigger than others, but we rarely will stop to think how this may affect other people, how this could affect life, not just for us, but others. We'll often think of consequences, which is good, but usually it's very central. And in this series so far, we've looked at Cain, who really didn't even think. He just chose to murder his brother because he was jealous, because he was angry, because he was ashamed. And had he just listened to God, had he just listened to Abel, had he just listened to anyone, or taken a moment to stop and think, he would have chosen differently and everything would have been different. Uh, We also spoke about David, who was a man after God's own heart, especially at this point in his life. Uh, He was on the run from King Saul. He was afraid uh, for his life. His men were afraid for his life. And he has this moment where Saul is in a cave relieving himself. And David has a chance to kill him. And his men are saying, hey, go kill him in this. And he easily could have chosen to do that because uh, he easily could have justified it and been like, well, God clearly put him here. But he stopped and he thought and he looked at his conscience. He looked at how he felt and how it would actually affect people. This week, we are going to continue with prison break. And I'm going to start reading. This is from a different Saul, who is now Paul. Acts uh, 16, 22 through 36. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them... Uh, tripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So basically, Paul and Silas are put in jail for preaching the word of Jesus. That's it. Uh, And so they had not done anything wrong. Maybe by the actual letter of the law, it, it, where, where they were, like the, the people would argue, hey, well, they're not supposed to be doing this, but they're doing the right thing. They're not hurting anyone. They're sharing their faith. Uh, they're not attacking. They're not going places. They're not doing anything wrong. They are just sharing their faith and preaching and giving their testimonies. And, and so I want to start there before we get to the what if, the if then moment, because it shows the basis. Uh, often in our lives, we use the phrase, it's not fair, especially when something happens to us or something happens to someone we care about or a team we care about or something along those lines. Uh, It's not fair that the Bengals kicker pulled a hamstring a couple weeks ago and missed his kick. And by pulled a hamstring, I mean pulled a hamstring after he missed the kick. But anyway, uh, I'm not a Bengals fan, so I don't care. Uh, But we, we go to, it's not fair. And, and we jump to that. And so Paul and Silas have that in the holster, so to speak. They have that. And so they can think that. And I want you to remember that as we go on to the next part. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now, similar to David uh, and Saul in the cave... This is a moment that easily could have been God. Obviously, it probably was God, but it easily could have been God saying, hey, leave the prison. You're good to go. Uh, he didn't say that to them, as far as we know, at least, but they, they were there. And so this is actually their what if moment, because it's what do we do? Uh, we are arrested for doing nothing. But again, their justification could have been we didn't do anything, so we can just go. It's cool. It's good to go. I, I've never done anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, it's not fair. It's not right that we're here. Blah, 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 blah. And they could have just walked out. 
They could have said, well, this is clearly God. I don't care what happens to anyone else here. I don't care how anything else goes. I don't care how this looks on my resume or how this looks when people talk about me. If they say, oh, they're on the run from jail or whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to go because clearly the door opens. Because every time a door is open, you walk through it, right? Uh, well, you know, there's an old story called the lady and the tiger where there's two doors. And sometimes if a door is open, it's not great. Uh, and that's where you really have to think and pray. But had they done this, uh, and if you know this story, just don't skip ahead. But had they done this, there would have absolutely been people, especially people in power, who would have said, yeah, they are fugitives. Like, they are not following the law. They left. They are dishonest. Like, they would have trashed them and said bad things. And, and Paul already had people saying bad things about his past. But most of the, the followers, most of the Christians, most of the people they were speaking to would have been like, wow, God really did that for you. And so the, the method of their message may have changed a little bit in that they would have had to be much more careful around officials and much more careful in cities. But, I mean, they were getting arrested for doing nothing anyway. And so their message wouldn't really have changed. But would they have been able to say, this is definitively God? Would they have been able to say, hey, if a door opens, just walk through it. Don't stop and think. And so it would have changed a little bit. But then here is the big change in the next verse. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they, because they stayed, the jailer was alive. Now, they had no idea of what he would do. They knew that it was a big deal for prisoners, especially prisoners like them, to escape. So they could have said, eh, something may happen, but that's not on us. Because in this world, and sometimes, especially with, with Christians, we kind of look to pass responsibility for other people to someone else. We like to pass the buck, and our leaders in, in politics and, and uh, the world do this a lot. Like, it's very much pass the buck to this person. It's not my fault. It's because of this. It's not this fault. It's because of that. Uh, it's not because of me. It's because of this. It's because of that. It's because of my opponent. It's because of this person over here. And you're going to hear that a lot in the next couple months as we go up to an election. Uh, everyone that's running, everyone that's in politics, everyone anywhere is going to be saying, well, actually, it's not my fault. It's because of, because there's always a because of, because people always look to throw that responsibility to someone else because they don't want to face it because they they want to justify that by saying, well, I didn't actually make this one decision that would have done this. Now, I may have done the other 99 things that led to this, but I didn't do this one thing, so I can clearly say. And they do that. As Christians, sometimes, it's like, well, I can't be responsible for everybody. I can't be responsible for the people and what they need. I can't be responsible for those people. I can't be responsible for this kid that doesn't have any friends. I can't be responsible for, for what the teacher thinks. I can't be responsible for my siblings. I can't be responsible for my parents. I can't be responsible for my kids. I can't be, that was if you're a parent. I can't be responsible uh, for, for this. I can't be responsible for that. I can't be responsible for that person that I passed. And I can't be responsible for whatever. Because... Obviously, we cannot be responsible for everything. Now, Paul and Silas could have taken that. They could have said, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. Something may happen, but we don't know. So we're just going to be willfully ignorant and we're going to walk out and leave. And then the jailer would have killed himself and the news would have come to Paul and Silas and they would have been sad. They would have talked about it and said, man, you know, maybe we messed up. This is awful, but we're free. And so we'll just keep living in God's name and we'll talk about him and keep his memory alive. And they would have done it that way. Uh, maybe they would have gone and tried to make restitution with his family or something, but they didn't. 
What they did was they stayed. They stayed because they knew they were in the right. They stayed because they trusted God. They stayed because they looked at the situation and said, would God have us go like this? Or would he have us get this opportunity to speak to to our charges, to actually say, hey, we didn't do this, to actually stand there? Because sometimes, sometimes as Christians, you pay negative consequences for doing the right thing. And that sucks. It sucks to lose friends or to lose people or, or even to lose jobs because you are following your faith, because you are doing what's right, because you are treating others as you want to be treated. It, it sucks to, to have that happen, but it happens. Uh, and all we have to do to, to talk about this is to point to Jesus. Jesus paid consequence after consequence after consequence after consequence for only doing the right thing. He is the only person who actually can say, yeah, I never did anything wrong. I never sinned. I never hurt anybody. I never did the wrong thing because he always did the right thing. And yet, not just on the cross, which was obviously the big consequence for something he didn't do, where he died for our sins, but all along the way, the way he was treated, the way he was talked about, the way people would spit at him, throw things at him, all of those things were because he lived his life not passing the responsibility. He didn't say, well, someone else will help that person. Someone else will do something right. Someone else will stand up. Someone else will defend the people who need defending. Someone else will make a difference. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to, uh, you know, some of the Pharisees, they're, they're mostly okay, and I don't agree with them. I, I don't agree with how they're doing things. I don't agree with how they're treating people, but yeah, I'm just going to make good with them because they're better than the alternative. He said, I am going to stand up for what's right and I'm going to do it no matter what. And he did it and he did what was right. And his disciples followed him and then Paul followed them. And so Paul had all of that backing as he came. And again, he could have easily said, I'm not responsible for people that I don't know. I'm not responsible for things that that are going to happen that, that I don't know. And that is a big question for us. Where is our responsibility? Uh, where does it start? Where does it end? Uh, as you may or may not know, if you've ever heard me talk before, I love Spider-Man. I love him because he's way better written than every DC character. No offense. I actually offense, but I love him uh, because his entire thing, besides the fact that he was raised by old people, as was I, but his entire thing is with great power comes great responsibility. And if you've seen the movies, other than the new ones, they say that like every other line sometimes. And it's a big deal. It's a good line. Uh, and, and what he means by that, and Spider-Man's origin, and I'm not going to go deep into this, but his origin, in the comics at least, uh, a burglar walked by, he was a superstar, Spider-Man was, he didn't want to stop him because it's not his problem, and the burglar ends up killing his uncle, and you know he uses that moment for the rest of his life, like, man, if I'd just done something then, which is kind of where we are with Paul. But I love him for several reasons, but one of them is very much, big one, is very much because he takes responsibility for literally everything. Even if he has no control over it whatsoever. If someone in another city, uh, something happens to them, and if it's one of his bad guys or just something in general, he has a responsibility in his own heart for that. And he's like, man, and people are like, you couldn't have done anything. And he's like, yeah, but what if? Instead of saying, what if someone else would go and do this thing that I can affect? What if I could go and do things that I can't affect? And I love that because I carry that. Now, I don't have power like him. I don't have humor like him. I don't have muscles like him. I don't have a costume like him, which goes back to the muscles. Uh, I don't have anything going like him. But I have that sense. 
I have the guilt, and sometimes it goes too far where I feel guilty for things I have no control of. But I have that responsibility. And that is because of who I am, but it's also because of who I serve. Because with great power, there's no greater power than God. And those of us who have God, those of us who serve Him, those of us who have accepted Him, those of us who worship Him, those of us who follow Him, those of us who proclaim to be His followers publicly, have a responsibility to literally everyone. Now, you cannot save everyone. You cannot fix everything. There are some places you can't go. There are some things you can't do. But we have a responsibility to do our best. Now, sometimes that doesn't mean going into the action. Sometimes it doesn't mean, you know, giving money. It doesn't mean physically helping. But it means taking that responsibility and saying, how can I help? How can I spread the word? How can I make a difference? How can I stand up? How can I be different from the world? As teenagers, and I know most of you are, which is why this is on a youth night. As teenagers, uh, you, you, again, and I say this every week, but you have this difficult point in your life where half the people want you to take more responsibility and half the people want you to be more like a kid. And that gets confusing because sometimes they're the same people. And that's really hard to deal with. As adults, we kind of deal with that in different ways. But man, as teens, right now, it's so tough. And so you have to decide, how far can I go? What can I do? What can I say? Who can I be? The answer is always, be who God has made you. Now, that's such an easy thing to say. But instead of looking at things, everything, and this is to everybody, instead of looking at everything and saying, somebody else may do that. Somebody else will stand up. Somebody else will sit with that kid. Somebody else will say hi. Somebody else will help. Somebody else will stand for what's right. Say, how can I do more? Because again, Paul easily could have said, I've done nothing wrong. I'm going to go. Somebody else can come in and save the guard if he's supposed to die. Like somebody else can go there. Like somebody else can run in and stop him. It's not on me. And whether or not it is on him, who cares? Because Paul stayed. Because he knew he could do more where he was. And so he stayed. And the guard came in. And the first thing he says is not, wow, you're so stupid, you should have ran out. Which is what a lot of us would think. He's like, he just looks. And Paul's like, no, don't kill yourself, we're here. And he just looks at them. And I imagine him walking in and just like he's near death because he's so down. And he's like, I'm going to be punished. And this is going to be devastating. And he sees them. And he may not even hear them say, you know, we're still here. But he sees them. And I, you know, his head, his mind is moving a million miles a minute. And he says, wow. And instead of asking, and in the movies and and in books sometimes, you'll have a lot of exposition where people will ask questions that are fairly obvious. It's like, hey, where did you come from? And the only purpose for that is so that somebody can give you the origin without actually showing the origin. That's a trick. But he doesn't ask anything other than the important question. He's like, how can I be saved? He jumps right to it. He doesn't say, why did you stay? He doesn't say, where did you come from? He doesn't say, what do you think of God? He's like, how can I be saved? Because he sees everything right there. Because Paul stayed, because Paul chose to do what was right, because Paul chose to pay consequences that were unfair, this man not only was literally saved, but he was becoming spiritually saved. And he asks and he changes. And we're going to go on to the next part. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household, uh, that was a bad way to read that, but that's 
the sins. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at this hour of night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in the household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have told you and Silas, you're free to leave. Go in peace. Now just look at that paragraph or listen to that paragraph. Because Paul and Silas stayed, because they didn't do what the world would say, because they didn't pass the buck, because they didn't pass the responsibility, because they didn't say someone else, this man said, how can I be saved? And not only that, but his entire household was saved. And not only that, but God had a plan for them to leave anyway. And because they didn't jump the gun, it was way better. Because whereas they could have left and could have justified it, uh, could have said we'd never done anything, it's not fair, blah, blah, blah. They would have still been looking over their shoulder all the time. But this way, it's like, hey, you're free. And so they went. And in addition to that, this man was saved. His family was saved. And he remembered that for the rest of his life. And it says that he helped with their wounds. It says that he helped with with their meals. He helped them to get back on their feet. He did everything that he could. And, And, you know, some of us would be like, well, he shouldn't have beaten him in the first place. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. Well, he shouldn't have done this. He should have let him out anyway. Who cares? Because Paul and Silas did what was right. This man's life changed. His family's life's changed. Because they didn't say, what if somebody else takes responsibility? Because they did say, I will take responsibility. With great power, with God comes great responsibility. This man was saved, and his life changed. The way he treated people changed. The way he treated future prisoners, the way he lived his life, all of that changed. And it is one person... One person, and in the grand scheme of things, of all of the people Paul preached to, all of the people Silas preached to, again, that one person is obviously like a huge minority because he preached to thousands, hundreds of thousands. With his words in the Bible, with the Gospels that he's written, he's reached millions, billions of people for Jesus. Done a lot. And so he easily could have said, I've got to reach a lot more people. This, I can't throw everything away for this one. But Jesus, who he follows, Jesus, who we follow, had once said in a parable, yeah, he actually can. Because we do this for the one. We do this not to change the world. We do this to change the life of one person. We do this not to fix everything. We do this to show the light of God to one person, to one kid in the lunchroom that's alone, to one kid in your class that's struggling, to to one person at your job, to one person at home. To one person at Walmart who is struggling. To one person who is different from you. One person who doesn't even believe the same as you. You see, because we are helping people. To show them Jesus, yes. But to help them. We don't have a if-then on this and say like, hey, I will help you if You will come to church with me for the next 372 days and then become a Christian. And you don't have a contract there. Now, it would be awesome if every single person in the world would come to church and be a Christian. We'd have to build a new building. and I mean, there are other churches too. But we do this to plant the seed because we don't save anyone. We cannot save anyone. We plant the seed, and then Jesus works. And other people plant seeds, and other people pour soil, and other, I don't know gardening, so I'm going to stop there. In your lives, in our lives, 
we will see a lot of people throw responsibility around. A lot of people said, well, last time you did this. And I thought this, and this is how it should be this time, and a lot of people. And politics, especially right now, is insane. Because there is no more, hey, let's talk about it. It's, you think this, I think this, we hate each other. And we see that, and so each side, and I'm not just talking politicians, I'm talking people who worship those political parties. Each side is like, hey, it's their fault. Hey, it's their fault. Hey, they thought this. Hey, they thought this. What I've seen on Facebook lately is people saying the exact same thing, but in the opposite. So like someone saying, well, this side is a hypocrite because of this, and the other person saying, well, this side is a hypocrite because of this, and they're both right. But that also means they're both wrong. Because we're not here to worship political parties, we're not here to worship teams, we're not here to worship anything but Jesus, and by doing that, we are taking that responsibility and making a difference and helping that one person, and then helping that one person, and doing that every day. Paul and Silas show us the right way to do things. I would love to say, and I've said this before, but I would love to say that if you truly give Jesus your heart and you follow him, that your life will be filled with with nothing but good. No, you will be blessed. I totally believe that. But I would love to say you'll always have enough money and you'll always have enough friends and things will always work out for you and you're never going to get in trouble and you're never going to pay consequences for doing the right thing. But again, Jesus did. And Jesus also said, because they hate me, because they won't listen to me, they're not going to with you, but have heart. Find my peace. Keep going forward. Keep being like me. Treat others like you want to be treated. Do the right thing. This series has been about those moments, and I've been clear in saying you are not defined by one or two moments. You're defined by a lifetime of how you choose, of who you are. But there are some moments that are obviously bigger than others in which we choose who we are going to be. Now, you can always come back. You can always repent. You can always do better. But there are these moments. Paul and Silas, had they left, Again, a lot of people would have said it's not even a sin because you shouldn't have been there. Had they left and the guy killed himself, a lot of people would have said, well, that's on him. He shouldn't have done that. He should have waited. He should have done this, done that. And Paul and Silas could have said, that's so sad. I'm going to ask for forgiveness and then moved on. And their ministry, you know, they would have been forgiven. And that's absolutely true. If you mess up, if you make the wrong choice, you will be forgiven if you ask for it. But when we make the right choices, we're able to see changes in other people. And Paul and Silas, forever, were able to know this one person in his house, they were changed because we sat here, because we took responsibility, because of who we serve, because of who we are. Next week, we'll wrap up this series. We're going to talk specifically about Jesus, who comes in each week because, again, that's who we serve. As you grow, whether you're a teen, you're an adult, or any other age group, as you live your life, a lot of people are going to say a lot of different things. And a lot of people are going to expect a lot of different things. But all that you can do is to do your best to serve Jesus, the great power, and to take responsibility for your life and to use it as a tool to do the right thing, to do better, to treat others better. And that is something that we can all do. Because again, we cannot change the whole world. But we can show people, individually in groups, whatever, 
the path to the person who can. That's all I got.